Hello, and welcome to the Webertarian podcast. Um, in a previous episode, I had mentioned sort of, um, I don't know, how I, I think that uh, people living in poverty in America um, sort of have like a sort of higher standard of living than everywhere else and don't really know what poverty, like they, they think they're in, you know, a much worse off situation than they really are and that's just because they've grown accustomed to the high standards of living that you can expect in the United States um, and really what brought this about so, so there's several things that um, that made me want to talk about this one is that I have this friend who um, he made this post like it, it was sort of uh, it, it was it was like this uh, always sunny in Philadelphia meme where, like, um, you know, people were complaining about, like, how the economy was going to collapse uh, with the new stimulus packages and everything like that or how it would negatively impact the economy and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I agree. I believe the stimulus packages will have a hugely ne negative impact on the economy. But anyway, the uh, the post was, you know, it was making that point, and then it was, uh, it was something along the lines of uh, basically sort of mocking people that are worried about the economy collapsing because they're they're you know they're it was sort of making a joke about the um, new money and old money sort of thing, but in the reverse where people that are worried about the economy collapsing, they're, they're new poor. Whereas he considers himself someone that is old poor and understands and is capable of surviving as a poor person, which is, I, I could agree with that if I thought he were in any way capable of sur surviving as a poor person because he he really doesn't know what it, it he's he's one of those people that has been collecting unemployment and food stamps and all of that and it's like that's not surviving as a poor person that's surviving due to benefits granted you by taking the wealth from rich people then redistributing it to you so if it weren't for the government taking wealth from rich people and then giving it to you, you would not know what to do. And this, I know this firsthand because during a period of time where he was unable to collect employment or food stamps, he was struggling. He, you know, he didn't have a phone. He didn't, he wasn't on any welfare benefits. And, you know, me being his friend, I thought, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to help the guy out. And I took him grocery shopping. I was like, I don't know how long it's going to take for you to get your food stamps, but I'm going to help you out. I'm going to take you grocery shopping and we can get you some food. That way you can at least, you know, eat until you start getting on these welfare benefits. Um, so I kind of thought, thought that not really a legitimate meme for someone in his position to be making because his ability to survive was not dependent upon his ability or his, um, yeah, his own ability to survive as a poor person, but rather his ability to survive as a poor person was dependent upon government redistribution of wealth from the rich and middle class to him. If it weren't for that, he would have either 
you know, not had any income or, you know, not been able to eat, or he would have been relying on friends for assistance, friends who, and, and the funny thing is, as often is the case, I'm not, you know, I'm not wealthy. I work, I work two jobs, in fact, in order to get by because I, I refuse to collect benefits. Um, and e- even if I only worked one job, I think my wages are just high enough to where I would not be able to receive welfare benefits, but it's also not so high that like my standard of living is higher than that of a person that is making minimum wage, but is on welfare benefits. Like I know plenty of people that are on welfare, welfare benefits that live much better, have much better standards of living than I do. But anyway, um, so that was one of the things that sort of made me want to comment on this. And this next one, I, I sort of made notes on this because I kind of wanted to say this without, you know, stumbling on my own words when I say it. But, um, so I took this note, it was after reading. So one of my hobbies, I guess I shouldn't say it's a hobby. It's more of an interest of mine. Um, so like, um, I'm sort of into survivalist stuff. I don't actually practice myself, but like I've, I've, um, I've watched like those um, primitive technology videos and I find those really interesting and those aren't really, you know, instructional that will actually help you in a survivalist situation. Those are, uh, unless you read his blog, I think his blog like gives all the instructions on how to do the things that he does in those videos. Um, and also um, I've bought books by David Canterbury who is a survivalist and he's written um bushcraft books um I think he's like one of the if not the best-selling bushcraft author uh, author in the world um and he runs the uh the Pathfinder school which is a survivalist training course um and he made this post um and I'm I'm sort of going to read like what I had written about it so uh I think the disenchantment with capitalism is a symptom of the vastly improved living standards that result. As survivalist and founder of the Pathfinder Academy said in a recent Facebook post, quote, I think the biggest lure to folks uh, practicing woodcraft or bushcraft or even those who choose to live a simple rural lifestyle is that you don't need too many fancy gadgets to get along just fine. When we allow ourselves to get too caught up in the modern trappings of life, the pleasure becomes pain, and life turns into a chore and not a journey. Unquote. Our modern lives are so devoid of any real hardship that many view the state of the average American in poverty as oppression, even though these American poor are better off than the poor of any generation before or the poor of almost any other nation, including those with generous welfare states. Not many poor in other countries can claim big screens, HDTVs, smartphones, cable, computers, and air conditioning are basic necessities. And uh, so I think I found, in that last episode, I had mentioned um, a fee.org or is it fee.org or fee.com? I think it's fee.com. Um, I had mentioned an article that they wrote about how, um, and I wasn't too clear on it because it had been a while since I read it, um, but they had written an article about like the median income 
of Americans being greater than the median um, income of like even wealthy European nations. And uh, so the article is actually it. Um, so the, the, the title of the article is the poorest 20% of Americans are richer on average than most European nations. So the average poor in America are richer than the average poor in America, basically is the claim. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and kind of read this. Um, I don't know if I'm going to, well, I'll just read the whole thing because fuck it. Um, a groundbreaking study by Just Facts has discovered that after accounting for all income, charity, and non-cash welfare benefits like subsidized housing and food stamps, the poorest 20% of Americans consume more goods and services than the national average for all people in most affluent countries. This includes the majority of countries in the prestigious Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD, including its European members. In other words, if the U.S. poor were a nation, it would be one of the world's richest. Notably, this study was re reviewed by Dr. Henrik Schneider, professor of economics at Nordakademi Nord University in Germany and the chief economist of the Swiss Federation of Small and Medium-Sized Enterprises. After examining the source data and just facts methodology, he concluded, This study is sound and conforms with academic standards. I personally think it provides valuable insight into poverty measures and adds considerably to the field of research. Um, next section, The Poorest Rich Nation. In a July 1st New York Times video op-ed that decries fake news and calls for a more thoughtful, or sorry, not more thoughtful, more truthful approach to the myth of America as the greatest nation on earth, Times producers Taij Jensen and Naima Raza claim the U.S. has fallen well behind Europe in many respects and has more in common with developing countries than we'd like to admit. One good test of this, they say, is how the U.S. ranks in the OECD, a group of 36 countries predominantly wealthy, Western, and Democratic. While examining these rankings, they corrupt the truth in ways that violate the Times op-ed standards, which declare that you can have any opinion you would like, but the facts in a piece must be supported and validated. And you can't say that a certain battle began on a certain day if it did not. A prime example of their claim that America is the richest country in the OECD, but we're also the poorest with a whopping 18% poverty rate closer to Mexico than Western Europe. That assertion prompted Just Facts to conduct a rigorous original study of this issue with data from the OECD, the World Bank, and the U.S. Government Bureau of Economic Analysis. It found that the Times is not merely wrong about this issue, but is also reporting the polar opposite of reality. Poor compared to whom? The most glaring evidence against the Times rhetoric is a note located just above the OECD data for poverty rates. It explains that these rates measure relative poverty within nations, not between nations. As the note states, the figures represent portions of people with less than half the median household income in their own nations, and thus two countries with the same poverty rates may differ in terms of the relative income level of the poor. 
The upshot is laid bare by the facts that this OECD measure assigns a higher poverty rate higher poverty rate to the U.S., 17.8%, than Mexico, 16.6%. Yet World Bank data shows that 35% of Mexico's population lives on less than $5.50 per day, compared to only 2% of people in the United States. Hence, the OECD's poverty rates say nothing about which nation is the poorest. Nonetheless, this is exactly how the Times misrepresented them. Uh, the same point applies broader, to broader discussions about poverty, which can be measured in two very different ways. One, relative poverty, or two, absolute poverty. Relative measures of poverty, like the ones cited by the Times, can be misleading if the presenter does not answer the question, poor compared to who. Absolute measures, like the number of people with income below a certain level, are more straightforward and enlightening. Unmeasured Income and Benefits To accurately compare living standards across or within nations, it is necessary to account for all major aspects of material welfare. None of the data above does this. The OECD data is particularly flawed because it's based on income, which excludes a host of non-cash government benef benefits and private charity that are abundant in the United States. Examples include, but are not limited to, health care provided by Medicaid, free clinics, and the Children's Health Insurance Program, nourishment provided by food stamps, school lunches, school breakfast, soup kitchens, food pantries, and the women's in women's, infants, and children's program, housing and am amenities provided through rent subsidies, utility assistance, and homeless shelters. The World Bank da data includes those items but is still incomplete because it's based on government household surveys and U.S. low-income households greatly underreport both their income and non-cash benefits in such surveys, as documented in a 2015 paper in the Journal of Economic Perspectives entitled Household Surveys in Crisis. In recent years, more than half of welfare dollars and nearly half of food stamp dollars have been missed in several ma major government surveys. There has been a sharp rise and the underreporting of government benefits received by low-income households in the United States. This understatement of incomes masks the poverty-reducing effects of government programs and leads to an overstatement of poverty and inequality. Likewise, the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis explains that such surveys have issues with recalling income and expenditures and are subject to deliberate underreporting of certain items. The U.S. Census Bureau says much the same, writing that for many different reasons, there is a tendency in household surveys for, for respondents to underreport their income. There is also a wider lesson here. When politicians and the media talk about income inequality, they often use statistics that fail to account for large amounts of income and benefits received by low-and-middle-income low households. This greatly overstates inequality and feeds deceptive narratives. Relevant Reliable Data the World Bank's preferred indicator of material well-being is consumption of goods and services. This is due to practical reasons of reliability and because consumption is thought to better capture long-run welfare levels than current income. 
Likewise, as a 2003 paper in the Journal of Human Resources explains, research on poor households in the U.S. suggests that consumption is better reported than income and is a more direct measure of material well-being. Consumption standards were behind the original setting of poverty line, but governments now use income because of the ease of reporting. The World Bank publishes a comprehensive data set on consumption that isn't dependent on the accuracy of household surveys and includes all goods and services, but only provides the average consumption per person in each nation, not the poorest people in each nation. However, the U.S. Bureau of Economic Analysis published a study that provides exactly that for 2010. Combi <clears throat> combined with World Bank data for the same year, these data sets show that the poorest 20% of U.S. households have higher average consumption per person than the average for all people in most nations of the OECD and Europe. The high consumption of America's poor doesn't mean they live better than average people in the nations they outspace, or outpace, like Spain, Denmark, Japan, Greece, and New Zealand. This is because people's quality of life also depends on their communities and the personal choices, like the local politicians they elect, the violent crimes they commit, and the spending decisions they make. For instance, a Department of Agriculture study found that the that U.S. households receiving food stamps spend about 50% more on sweetened drinks, d desserts, and candy than on fruits and vegetables. In comparison, households not receiving food stamps spend slightly more on fruits and vegetables than on sweets. Nonetheless, the fact remains that the privilege of living in the U.S. affords poor people more material resources than the average averages for most of the world's richest nations. Another important strength of this data is that it is adjusted for purchasing power to measure tangible realities like square feet of living area, food, smartphones, etc. This removes confounding effects of factors like inflation and exchange rates. Thus, an apple in one nation is counted the same as an apple in another. To spot check the results for accuracy, JustFax compared the World Bank consumption figures for the entire U.S. with one from the Bureau, Bureau of Economic Analysis. They were within 2% of each other. All of the other data, documentation, and calculations are available in this spreadsheet. In light of these facts, the Times claims claim that the U.S. has more in common with developing countries than we'd like to admit is especially far-fetched. In 2010, even the poorest 20% of Americans consumed 3 to 30 times more goods and services than the averages for all people in a wide array of developing nations around the world. These immense gaps in standards of living are a major reason why people from developing nations immigrate to the U.S. instead of vice versa. Why is the U.S. so much richer? Instead of maligning the United States, the Times could have co covered the issue in a way that would, have would help people around the world improve their material well-being by replicating what makes the U.S. so successful. However, that would require conveying the following facts, many of which the Times has previously misreported. High energy prices, like those caused by ambitious green energy programs in Europe, depress living standards, especially for the poor. 
High tax rates reduce incentives to work, save, and invest, and these can have widespread harmful effects. Abundant social programs can reduce market income through multiple mechanisms, and as explained by President Obama's former chief economist Lawrence Summers, government assistance programs provide people with an incentive and the means not to work. The overall productivity of each nation trickles down to the poor, and this part is partly why McDonald's workers in the U.S. have more real purchasing power than in Europe and six times more than in Latin America, even though these workers perform the same jobs with the same technology. Family disintegration driven by changing attitudes towards sex, marital fidelity, and familial responsibility, responsibility has strong negative impacts on household income. In direct contradiction to the Times, a wealth of data suggests that aggressive government regulations harm economies. Many other factors correlate with the economic conditions of nations and individuals, but the above are some key ones that give the U.S. an advantage over many European and other OECD countries. The truth is worth it. The Times closes its video by claiming that America may once have been the greatest, but today America, in America, we're just okay. In reality, the U.S. is economically exceptional, that the poor is so economically exceptional that the poorest 20% of Americans are richer than many of the world's most affluent nations. Last year, the Times adopted a new slogan, The Truth is Worth It. Yet in this case, and others, it has twisted the truth in ways that can genuinely hurt people. The Times makes other uh, spurious claims about the U.S. In, in the same video, which will be deflated in future articles. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I mean... <clears throat> In compare, and I, I mentioned this before, like, and it was sort of, uh, it was sort of alluded to. Is that the right word? I don't know. Um, in that article, that um, you know, even even if so, the measures that people often use to decide that America is poorer than these other countries, uh, they miss a lot of facts, and they're you know they're they're able to be twisted in order to make. America look poorer than it really is. And one of those things was, uh, they mentioned purchasing power parity. So basically what that is, is that's an economic measure and it's implemented not only between nations, but between States. It's sort of like, um, when you say, okay, uh, in, in Chicago, you know, someone needs $15 an hour to be able to, you know, basically survive. And yeah, that's because things in Chicago are much more expensive because the there's a high degree of demand relative to the supply of goods in Chicago. So, you know, they need to increase prices because the uh, on the margin, the quantity of goods is more quickly deplete, depleted, which results in things being priced higher because once they're restocked, then, you know, um, it, it's sort of the sort of thing that you can see in video games where like if you're in an auction house and like an MMORPG, if you see, you know, um, 100 of an item that's sold at a lower price than um, something else, 
by a different competitor that's like priced slightly higher the things that are sold at a lower price are more quickly depleted so then all that's left on the shelves is the higher priced stuff so that's the way it sort of works in the market too in real life where basically things end up being a higher price because if they're lower priced then the supply is more quickly depleted and then all that's left is the higher priced goods um so in in you know i sort of went off on a tangent there that was unrelated but you know in in chicago you'll need 15 dollars an hour to live whereas in you know where i live you could get by on the same standard of living with you know eight dollars an hour nine dollars an hour um and that's what purchasing power parity is. It's the recognition that there is that you can achieve the same standard of living on different wages depending upon where you live. That's purchasing power parity, um, and that's something that's missed in these statistics. You know, they'll uh, you know they'll m- mention you know how much less people in America make, but then forget to mention how much more people can buy in America with that amount of income than they can in other places and um you know for example in japan this is this is one of the things that they do uh you know it's it's food is more expensive in japan and or to my understanding i could be wrong about this i remember reading about this a while back um that food was more expensive in japan and that's because they have a tendency to support local farmers rather than import their um import their food um and local farmers are much less productive in japan because it's a sort of mountainous country so they have basically farmers they're they're they don't have like huge sprawling farms like in america so they're less productive they're more like um almost like gardens um i mean they they probably also have huge sprawling farms but a lot of produce that is supplied in japan comes from like homes that sort of have you know small fields in their pro on their property so um so that results in like higher higher costs for food and stuff like that um uh, you know there's a lot of factors that go into producing higher prices for the same goods in different nations than you know than the united states and even between different cities or states in the united states so purchasing power parity is kind of important that was sort of what i was alluding to when i say um you know america the american poor are sort of spoiled because we we have we have smartphones and big hd tvs and you know we have uh, air conditioning and you know we have gas heating and we have uh you know all, all these things that are we sort of take for granted as poor people in the united states that aren't necessarily easily accessible in other countries like you know uh for example and and, and this is sort of something that i think that the government gets in the way of that could improve poor people's standards of living in america um you know in in anime um i'm not sure if this is actually true of japan i think it is i'm i'm pretty sure this is actually you know um normal in japan because just not necessarily because of you know um 
I, I think like the 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 limited amount of land available in Japan has something to do with it. But you know, you'll notice in a lot of anime, um, people live in tiny apartments, and you know, the anime tend to make those apartments actually look bigger than they really are. Like, you know, they live in apartments that are probably like ten feet by ten feet, if even that. You know, it's got basically enough room for a bed, a TV, and uh, a sink, a toilet, um, and, uh, you know, a, a stove. And, you know, people will live in that tiny apartment. And because of those small apartments, they can, you know, they can take the same area that we would use in America for, you know, basically like three houses and have, you know, 30 apartments on that area or you know more and that high supply of living space you know lowers the cost of housing like i know that there's like apartments in like tokyo and shit because of their size and the abundance of apartments due to less regulation regarding the size and requirements for a rental property that you know basically amount to spending like $400 on rent in America, which is unheard of in like a major city in America. You're not going to find an apartment like that in America. And a large part of that has to do with, you know, in America, we'll sit here and say, you can't have an apartment, you know, that small. That's like, that's inhumane to like ask people to live in those sort of conditions where they, you know, they basically have room for a bed, a TV, a toilet, a stove, and a sink. Like, they don't even, you know, in some of these apartments that they have in Japan, they don't even have a bath. They, like, go to a public bathhouse to do their bathing. Um, but, you know, we, we might think of that as shitty living conditions, but if you were allowed to create rental properties like that in the United States, there would be a a greater supply of rental properties, which would allow you to, you know, sell rental properties or I'm sorry, rent out rental properties at lower prices. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess I kind of went on a tangent there. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, I think it was just sort of, you know, again, pointing out the higher standards of living that we have in America that I think the poor in America sort of take for granted. And, um, I, I honestly think I, you know, I, again, referring back to that meme that my friend made, like, I honestly think that the poor in America, they, they, you know, referring to his meme, he thinks he knows how to live as a poor person. But if it weren't for all the government benefits, he would have no idea how to survive. Not that I would either. Like, you know, I, like I said, it's sort of an interest of mine, but I don't like actually practice. Like I read about survivalist stuff and stuff like that. But even even though I don't actually practice it, I'm I'm fairly confident that having that knowledge, I'd be better capable of surviving in, in an economic collapse where everybody is poor, and like I might you know have to go and like hunt for my own food because you know, or or you know find methods for keeping myself warm and stuff like that than he would. So, you know, this notion that, that this notion that as, you know, him being a poor person, you know, is better prepared 
for living a poor life lifestyle after an economic collapse is as bullcrap. I mean, for for example, one of my one of my brother's friends that used to live in Chicago, but he moved out after all the riots and stuff. He is, he is a survivalist. Like he he you know he enjoys like basically going out into the wilderness with basically only what he could fit in a backpack and you know surviving out in the wild like that and he makes a good income he you know easily three figures to my understanding um or three six six figures to my understanding like i i know he earned i'm I'm pretty sure he earns hundreds of thousands of dollars but even so you know he's probably better prepared to have to survive in poverty than my friend that you know claims he's you know old poor and knows how to live in poverty like if 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 money weren't being transferred from the rich to him he wouldn't know the first thing to do whereas my brother's friend who's you know has a much higher standard of living than us he's you know got survival survivalist skills where you know if if the economy did collapse and everybody were living as American poor, you know, he would know how to hunt. He would know how to provide shelter. He would know how to find food, you know, all that stuff. And I think that's what it is to know how to live as someone in poverty. Um, this also reminds me of, um, for some reason, I just, I, I wanted to laugh so I rewatched some old uh, Louis C.K. stand-up, and I think it was it, it was either it was either Louis C.K. or um, oh yeah, it, I, I'm it was either Louis C.K. or um, Dave Smith's uh, stand-up comedy Libertas, but one of the two because I watched them both like back to back, and I can't remember whose jokes were whose. But, you know, they were saying, you know, if, if you had, if you were on an island with three Americans, then you would die on an island with three Americans. And then they make the joke, I'd rather have, I'd rather trade any one of those Americans for a Mexican retard. <laughs> like, you, 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 uh, you know, a- any American would, you know, be willing to trade another American if they were on a, deserted island for like just some retarded mexican kid and you know you you he'd, you'd ask him oh hey what did you do and he was like i used to pick fruit and he'd be like awesome you're on the island and then you'd you know trade trade some one of your americans for them and it'd be like oh hey we'll we'll teach you graphic design in exchange for you helping us survive <laughs> but yeah so anyway Um, I guess that's all I wanted to say for now. I'll catch you later.